0: Rock Salt Radio. Be
1: afraid also, tremendously afraid, for the
2: day of reckoning is upon us.
3: Broadcasting from within our six feet social distance.
2: Well oh, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. me and the Lord. We got an understanding. We're on a mission from God.
2: Yeah, man, on a mission from God. It's Aaron, Dave, and Patrick on the Rock Salt MuseCast experience. Say pay, paymate. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. And this week, the band is Matt,
4: me, and Elwood putting the
2: band back together. Ma'am, you got to understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing.
4: Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see.
2: We're on a mission from God.
5: The Jericho Harlot.
4: First you trade the Cadillac for a microphone. Then you lie to me about the band.
1: Now
2: you're going to put me right back in the joint. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. And uh, whatever else we can come up with. Because I don't know. It's probably going to get messy. Yeah. It's probably going to get messy. Probably. Probably. we got a full tank of gas. Half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. We're
1: wearing sunglasses.
2: Hit it. You know, Patrick, I, I was uh, wishing you were on the show last week with P-Funk because we got into a whole Star Wars, Star Trek conversation.
0: Yeah, but I just stir that. It, it wasn't we, really Dave. It was you and
5: Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's so, what I meant. Me, we. When so like yeah, me yeah, and Patrick yeah.
2: talk football whatever. Strike just strike up the bad yeah. Um. Yeah, no, yeah, it's... Yeah, I get it. I get it. When you guys start going on football, I'm I'm out of it. Uh, P Funk and I were going on about Star Wars and Star Trek, and uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was a good conversation.
0: It was a good
5: conversation.
0: I mean, I feel like I feel like Dave got his retribution for all our sports talk. So,
2: <laughs> you notice I usually just leave during the sports talk because I got nothing to add. I can't even make jokes. I probably would have made fun of you
0: both because I think the Star Wars, even though even though I do like some of the Star Wars stuff, I think um, Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans are the biggest nerds on the face of the planet. Saying
2: that from one of the biggest Marvel nerds on the planet.
0: Um, again, like I said, I think that Star Wars and Trekkies are the biggest nerds on the planet. <sighs> At least my heroes are cool. We're not walking around smacking our chest. Beam me up.
2: Oh, are you telling me that Captain Kirk is not cool? I've got, and you know what killed it? Is I've got a
0: cousin. He's like 50 some odd years old and has a legitimate, authentic Starfleet command uniform that he wears around to this day. Okay. Nerd.
2: Yeah, see, I I don't do that. But what's the difference? What's the difference between doing that and wearing a football jersey of your favorite football star?
0: I'm not going to get beat up wearing my football jersey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you might. You ever yeah. been to a Raiders game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Negatory. But I have been to the uh, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati
5: games, and they get pretty rowdy there.
0: Yeah, Pits, know, I,
2: Pittsburgh's I crazy. I
5: can't, I can't wait to go. I, You know, the the first winter I'm out there, I move out there, me and you are going. Pittsburgh-Cincinnati, real men football. Live. All right. Sounds like a plan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Make sure Uh, we'll
0: we'll just make sure Dave tags along in his Starfleet uniform.
2: (laughs) Maybe you can uh, guys can uh, hold up a sign like Banner Man. Oh man! Just you know, get your crazy wig and John three sixteen out and no.
0: Yeah, I don't do that kind of weird stuff.
2: Yeah. No, you don't dress up at all. (laughs) No, not for a football game. You have a whole costume full of, I mean, a whole closet full of costumes. I do. Actually, um, a lot of them are laying next to me in
0: my closet. I'm running out of room for them.
2: Oh, I thought maybe you, like, sleep with them in your bed or something. (laughs) They're laying next to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got to switch out each costume every day so the others don't get jealous. (laughs)
2: well you know um i was uh i was prepared for this earlier and then we kind of went off on a different different route um i wanted to throw this in here because yeah it's raining again in sacramento i don't know how it is out there for you patrick you gotten those twisters yet
0: no it's just cold
2: just cold yeah. yeah, maybe you get some snow soon.
0: We're gonna spring forward tonight, so hopefully, I, you know what we we're not we're not um, strangers to like April blizzards here. So
2: that is that's right. It's uh, spring forward time again, isn't it? I lose an so it's hour. It's
0: time for the St. Patrick's Day where people are gonna run around, and even though they're gonna be Indian as all get out, they're gonna claim they're Irish. <laughs> whatever you're just looking for an excuse to get drunk pal
5: it's one of the uh my wife's least favorite day of the year
2: where she loses an hour of sleep you know yeah i don't i don't like this and i you know as a kid i really didn't like it because i felt like i was being robbed going into summer like i just lost an hour of my summer this sucks
0: when i worked midnights at the jail i felt screwed during the fall back time because it added an extra hour to your shift that you didn't get paid for
2: yeah, see, that's the way it was when I was in radio, too, except I would always make sure I got paid. I'd just throw an extra hour on my time card. But, yeah, you, you uh, lose an hour, and you're doing that overnight shift, and it just drags. Yeah. 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 You're like, oh, I thought it was, no, it's not even lunch. Yet. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. No, that sucks. So... um, all kinds of stuff going on. Hey, by the way, I did. I'm glad you're on today because, as a Marine, I wanted to ask you. I am going to get political right out of the shoot here, but I wanted to ask you: Did you hear the uh, uh, the opening statement from that Marine that was in Afghanistan? Opening statement? What? On what panel? What? Uh, he was on the. Uh, Just say no. No, all right. No, what's um, it
0: pertaining to, though?
2: Well, I was going to record it, but and and play it, but it was like five minutes long, and I really don't want to go that long with it. But he was describing. Um, he was there when the suicide bomber during the Afghanistan thing that killed the thirteen servicemen. Yeah,
0: during the withdrawal. Yeah, he had the um the bomber in his sights, but he was told he couldn't fire. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. man, I, I, uh, I'll tell you as a patriotic American, uh, the, the president is the commander in chief. So I don't care who the president would have been during that, but, um, it was Biden and he's got the Biden touch. Everything he touches turns to crap.
6: Yeah.
2: Uh, he, uh, he made it political. He wanted it done by a certain date. Uh so he could get all his political accolades and everything these guys had this bomber in their sights. The sniper had him in his sights, but they couldn't figure out. nobody could give the okay to pull the trigger and right. and thirteen Americans died because of it and, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you support this guy after that after hearing that I don't know how you support this guy at all.
0: Literally, this is the issue that made you wonder how you can support this guy? No,
2: no, for there real? was plenty of others, but, you know, that make me go, all right, well, that's just the cult of Biden. I get it, all right. This cause. is where I draw the line. But uh, seriously, how do you listen to this guy's five-minute testimony and go, you know, Biden's doing his best?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't have an answer for that, man. I wish I did. I could give you my rambling spiel of of, of bitrid poison or Biden hatred and poison, but it's, just, it's, it's to the point where it just falls on deaf ears. Anyway, and I'm singing the same song that, that all of us, um, on people are, are singing. <laughs> yeah. You but can't it, even mean, call
2: yourself woke. <laughs>
0: no, you can't. Um, but it, it, nothing ever seems to happen with this information. Big deal. They got this information. What do do? They're finding out that the, the COVID things, the lab league, like we said from the beginning, Blah, blah, blah. Nothing's ever going to happen with it. Yeah, you got information. They just released video evidence of J6 of how it was was an innocent, nonviolent, quote, unquote, insurrection. And yet you got the left coming out telling you that your own eyes are lying to you. And this is just nothing is ever going to
2: happen with it. (coughs) But Um, I think something is happening with it. Because, they're
0: basically saying, "Yeah, we're caught. What are you going to do about it? Uh, nothing. But, Absolutely nothing."
2: But, yeah. Well, yeah. Nothing. Nobody's going to lose their job over over January sixth or whatever. But I think something is happening because um, I think you have you always have the diehard Democrats that are going to believe what they're going to believe regardless. But. um you have a lot of people now that will go. Wait a minute! I when I watched that video, this is what I said because I, I turned to my son Shane and I went, I don't I don't hundred percent trust Tucker Carlson either because he's got motive to lie as well. Okay, but as if I was a juror and I saw that video of them escorting that QAnon shaman quote unquote around the Capitol and opening doors for him. I'd want some answers, and if you can't give me the answers, well, then I can't, you know, I can't convict him.
0: Just in defense of Tucker, he has absolutely no reason um, to quote-unquote lie and put his family... Um, himself in personal danger. I mean, you just had the guy on Hillary's campaign or their lawyer or something who is who is hung and shot with a shotgun with no gun to be found. They called a suicide. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't think Tucker would put himself in in personal harm. If, uh, but I noticed he did bow a knee the very next night after all uh, he got all the flack from from Congress and stuff like that. So.
2: Well, to you know, somebody had a, a good idea out here on KFBK, and this is what I say. I agree with this one. C-SPAN should just release all 40,000 hours and let people decide for themselves. But Yeah, but
0: then you'd be told your eyeballs are lying to you.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, but that's the thing is is I, I think you got a lot of people going, I don't know. I saw some questionable video there. I got a lot of questions. And uh, you stand, you're you standing there telling me I shouldn't watch it. That's a big red flag. I think there's a lot of people going in on that.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I don't want things to happen at the voting booth. I don't want things to be happening with their wallets or with our wallets or with our votes. I want justice. And I, I literally want to see justice. Well, I
2: don't and think you're going to see literal no, justice.
0: And that's what's frustrating. But not going to see you
2: might see some justice. You might see some justice uh, because these people that have been convicted are, uh, well, they're starting to file, you know, motions to dismiss and that sort of thing.
0: We'll never see a Clinton go down. We'll never see a Bush go down. We'll never see an Obama go down. We'll never see uh, the Schumers or Pelosi's of this world go down. Well, we, we
2: all know. Second, man. Oh, all right. I'm going to back off. <laughs> um, you know what? What? Let's get right into some music. I don't want to, you know, beat this dead horse. What's the song?
5: (laughs) Uh, Saving Darkness sent us some music, and I always like to get new music on the show, on the podcast. So uh, the song is called Coming War uh, by Saving Darkness on the Rock Salt MuseCast Experience. This is Joseph Rojas from the band Seventh Day Slumber, and you're listening to Rock Salt MuseCast, And I'm hanging out with Dave and Aaron on a mission from God. Keep it
2: locked. Rock Salt MuseCast experience. Aaron Dave and a double P, Patrick and Patrick. It's P Squared. P squared. Yeah, P Squared. Yeah. We it's get like one you
0: more P. The side by side in a truck stop. It's awkward, but it works. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just thinking if we could get someone else with a with a P name, it could be eighty pi. That's true, pi square, I think. Pi I d- to P the square? third power, I guess. All right, okay. It's been a long time since algebra. How Let's, about our studio audience that knows? Oh, hey, yeah, let them in. All yes. right, there you go. Thank you very much. So on the line we've got all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana. Johnny from the Jericho Harlot. How you doing, Johnny?
1: Hi everybody. How are you?
2: Doing great, thanks. Um Yeah. So you're in a little band called the Jericho Harlot. Uh I was I was listening to our Musecast uh, one day and Aaron had the Jericho Harlot in there and I hadn't heard you guys yet. The Heat Rocks. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. I texted him. I was like, "Hey, I I don't know who that is, but I want to talk to them. They're great." <laughs>
1: oh man thank you so much that's fantastic yeah that's a that's a fun song man that's actually a really personal song too it's but we really we yeah we had fun we did a video for it um rottweiler records put out a video for us they did a great job uh and it's we're we're really proud of the work that they did and uh, we were just actors in their in their play and it turned out good so
2: actors in the play i like that one because we're all just actors in the play right
1: yeah, that's it. That's it. I get one hundred percent creative control over the music that I write, but on the videos, we like to leave it to the video experts from Mythic Panda over there. So,
2: oh, uh, Mythic Panda, Panda let's uh, give them a shout out. Who's Who's that's Mythic Panda?
1: Should, right. So, name, okay, Myth-
2: band da- name. Yeah, think.
1: yeah. So here's a here's a, a little Mythic Panda as a as a film company and uh, that purchased uh, Rottweiler Records. I, I guess it's been a little over a year ago. And so they're combining the, the the two, and so it's kind of a merging thing. So we were really blessed into walking into releasing a new record, and they wanted to release a music video, which, the, because they not now own a record label, and so it kind of merged like that. So Mythic Pandas also start uh, thinking about starting a new kind of segue to Rottweiler, which is less of the metal and more like the straight up rock kind of stuff. So that's that's something that's been tossed around too, so. Yeah, that's, that's Mythic Pan in a nutshell. They've got a great facility down there. They're in um, Garland, Texas. No, it's not Garland. It's somewhere near Dallas. But it's – it's. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's a great record label, great guys.
2: And uh, Jericho Harlot, uh, born out of Grave Robber, is that right?
1: No. So, all right. So the short version on that one is the Jericho Harlot existed long before I had ever heard of Grave Robber. Um, I saw Grave Robber at an audio feed music festival I, it's been, it's been some years ago, seven, eight years ago. And I was like, who's this band? This is crazy and sprinted from where I was and ran up to the stage. And about five years after that, I got a text message from a guy I didn't know on Facebook. It was Sean Browning. He said, Hey, please apologize. I've never heard of the Jericho Harlot. You guys are amazing. Have you ever thought about having a record deal? I was like, wow. Okay. So we've, we, we had had one, we were in the middle of one at the time, but but uh, i was like yeah we, we could talk or whatever and i i knew who he was he had no idea who i was and then we got to talk and he's like you play really good guitar would you be interested in playing uh lead and grave robber I was like um maybe you know talk to the wife it worked out so i got in grave robber off of jericho Har- harlot beginnings um i played in in that band for two years uh, about a year in, i brought justin in because we had a drummer change and He's the best freaking rock and roll drummer that I know, and and he's my brother. So I said, "Hey Jay, you want to play in Grave Robber?" He goes, "Um, yes." <laughs> so we did that, right? So we did that for a couple of, you know a couple of years, and uh, we did our time and and wished them well. It's it's our focus is the Jericho Harlot, and it was so much fun. And those guys are great.
2: And you're still doing Grave Robber, or have you moved on from well,
1: that? Yeah, so we moved on from Grave Robert. It was December of this um, of last year, so it's been over a year now, but we moved on from them. We had this new record that was coming out, we wanted to make sure we focused on that, and it was always our focus, the Jericho Harlot. That's the message Justin and I want to put out, lyrically and and content-wise and everything. So we've always considered everything else a side project.
2: And uh, Justin, he also plays in another little band we know called Dispraised.
1: Right, yeah, he plays in Dispraised, and uh, they're on Thumper Punk now. Yep. Um that's recent, right? A couple days ago maybe. They yeah, they just that?
2: announced it like Thursday, yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is very cool. They were they were our label mates on uh Rottweiler when we first started. Um because well, I mean we were we were in the, the harlot and of course Justin was involved in this other project, so sh- the the guys at Rottweiler were like, well, we want to hear that and it was good, so they got signed and uh and uh decided to Go a different route and to go more west coast with Thumper Punk. I think it's a wise decision. Um, I think that that's a better label for what they're doing,
2: right? Um, well, so, I mean, both labels have been great. I mean, Rottweiler sure, yeah, and I, I haven't heard any negativity about them at all. Uh, Rottweiler yeah, right. and Thumper Punk,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, Rottweiler is typically more than metal, you know, and yeah. I mean, so that's kind of the deal. It's like we've that's yeah. We've kind of always been in that limbo stuff too. So that's what I mean with this praise. Like them signing with Thumper Punk was was a smart move, and that's that's where they belong. And that kind of like I mean, they're a West Coast skate punk band. That's what it sounds like.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, when I was listening to uh, Jericho Harlot t- today before the show, I was thinking to myself, "You guys got like almost almost punk lyrics. Uh, you know, like almost a punk style to it, but I could understand the lyrics, so I didn't classify it as that." <laughs> dispraised sort of punk, you know what I mean? It's a little different. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so you got punk influences, right?
1: Yeah, so we were. I would consider our. uh, I would, for lack of a better, easier way to explain it, we're a punk band. If you want to get technical, I would say probably post-punk, just because it's a little. I've it's a little grown up. I've been doing it for twenty something years, and so the the songs sound different. They they they're more more composed than than slapped together. You know. And, um, they, uh, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's definitely punk influence. There is no doubt we're a punk band, but, but there's, I, I we're telling a story. The whole, the, the focus around these albums is the lyrics. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we, I'm myself and Justin are very concerned with the message that's coming across. We're not trying to sing, hit the word Jesus 40 times in a song to check boxes. We're not trying to, um, not be honest. So these songs are all honest. Justin and I don't come from a background of of good decisions. We were raised in good homes and decided we wanted to not 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 take advantage of that as kids. So we lived a whole life outside of this. And so these songs are all stories about things that we've been through or things that we've seen from other people. Um, so anyway, so Voices, this this record that just came out, these songs are very distinctly five different songs from five different point of views. So that's the reason it's called voices. So um, hopefully people can gather that out of it when they listen to it and really kind of focus on the lyrics. Cause we put a lot of time into what we're saying and how we're saying it.
2: Yeah. I was listening to voices this morning. That's the one I was listening to. I just started at the most recent and decided to work my way back.
5: Sure. And
2: uh, it was really good. Now you brought up an interesting point, which is you don't check the boxes by singing Jesus 40 times. <clears throat> excuse me um hey clint Eastwood's jumping on um <laughs> Hi, clint. yeah um how do you feel well just personally as your taste in music how do you feel about uh you know the bands that do check the boxes and uh, because that's some of the bands yeah uh you know stick or whatever for lack of a yeah. better word that's their their gimmick but uh you know for me personally I just like a rocker yeah you know yeah. what i mean i just like a rocker sure. and if you could talk to me about what's uh uh you know going on in the world today or you know uh uh make me feel something about you know uh my personal relationships or or whatever uh that's the kind of music i gravitate towards however like sure. aaron you kind of like the music that checks the boxes and and sings Jesus forty times in a song and stuff, right? Yeah, both. And some of it's
1: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it's good stuff. <laughs> well, I, I, just, I just not 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 what I want to write.
5: Yeah, I, I just saw Danny Goakley and it's been the first time. Um, he's a, a contemporary artist. Seen. Yeah, and uh, he, you know, he he gave a call for salvation in the show. Been a while since that's I've seen awesome. a paid show that gave a call for salvation. Now I didn't have anybody come forward. He just basically, you know, if you want to accept Christ, repeat after me. And if you accepted Christ, you know, uh, get with somebody um, that could mentor you sure. and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'll well, I'll be going to skillet in a couple of weeks, and uh, you know, it'll be up to yeah. Uh, he doesn't uh, check the boxes. No, and John Cooper will say something or not say something, and. Uh, the band he's traveling with, uh, you know, they're they're not going to check any boxes. No, I've you seen know, them. Theory of a Dead Man,
2: <laughs> but again,
5: who's uh, open, who's who's opening for Skillet? Who is uh, it's it? well,
2: a it's a dual headliner, Theory yeah. of a Dead Man and uh, Skillet. Yeah,
5: and so yeah, great, and so again, I enjoy both. And yeah. uh, you you have to decide as an artist what you want to do because that's between right. you and you and God.
2: Well, you know, see, like. I can uh, put in some Amy Grant or some Petra and uh, really enjoy the music, uh, but my go-to is stuff like Skillet and even Striper or, um, uh, sure. you know Red, you know that sort of stuff. So, um, well, stylistically
1: wise, they can just swing right through it. It's real easy to just like I'm hooked now.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah i th- I think it's I think it's all in the lyrics and how it however it speaks to you and wherever you're at at the moment sure so well, you
1: mention just to touch back on the lyrics uh you mentioned the song the heat rocks that you heard uh, that song's about my believe it or not if you focus back on the lyrics that song's about my mom at twelve years old so this is the story is a hundred percent true story that my mother told me about my grandma so my mom literally Went back in the room and scrubbed my grandmother's brains off the wall. So, oh, that song's yeah, that song's one hundred percent honest. And the point of that is, is my mother went through so much drama. My my grandmother to get some context, my grandmother was schizophrenic towards the end, and um, she made some terrible choices. And one of them was um, making my mother watch her end her life. Uh. So, yeah, it was tough. So, that song's about that. But if but it's but it's it comes back to God that. The whole point is this woman went through all of these things, but she still remembered to remind her son to be a, have a healthy fear of the Holy Ghost. Mm. And it's it's unbelievable how someone has that has gone through things like that could still point to God and not ask for pity or ask for anyone to feel bad about them. It's just something that happened. We move on. It's all about Jesus. Wow. So that's what that's about. That's my yeah. absolute favorite by you guys right now. By the way, thank you. That's Justin's favorite too. He's a yeah. huge fan. He actually, him and the guys at Rottweiler Records, talked me into doing that for the music video because I absolutely was not picking that song when we got down there, and uh, they kind of gave me an intervention. I'm like, dude, this song, and I'm like, it just was so personal. I didn't know how I would come off, in a video form. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't know how it, came out it well. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. That means a lot because I was very concerned about like how, how it wouldn't come off cool. You know what I mean? Like, so
0: I just want to point out to Aaron and David and Shipley there that I just want to point it out that, see, Johnny says my opinion matters.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does I, matter. I think you should put that as your tagline on all your albums, Patrick.
1: It's my opinion uh, no, matters. Our, our new tagline. Johnny
2: says my, my matter, opinion also. matters.
0: Uh, you can find better crap elsewhere that's our tagline well i i
2: actually i think that's a great great uh, title for a song johnny says my opinion matters <laughs> at least be an album
1: we might, be careful we might write one like that
2: <laughs> um let's do that song here can we do that aaron right now all right it's the rock salt Musecast cast experience
5: Rock Salt Radio Podcast.
2: This is Chris with the band Fallstar. You're listening to the
4: Rock Salt Music Cast Experience with Dave and Aaron. I hope you enjoy the show. Sweet Baby Little Lambs of God.
2: Rock salt MuseCast experience. Hey, David Patrick. ADP. <laughs> were you expecting
0: more, David? Were you expecting more? No,
2: I, I wait. No. I just wait to see what I'm going to get. It's like, you know, you m- remember when you were a kid and, and at the end of the grocery store they had the the uh, line of vending machines that you put your quarter in and you turn it and you get this little plastic ball that had some yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. little toy in it. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like. Like, I don't know what I'm, I'm going to get something out of it. I don't know if it's going to be good or, or not. And so normally
0: good. it wound up in disappointment because the <laughs> thing that you saw on the front of the machine is advertised.
5: Well, so, I didn't want to call you a disappointment, Patrick. That's okay. I got you covered. See, I thought you were
2: going to go with the Cracker Jacks now, Lily. Really. You just never knew where you were going to get. I, I usually liked the Cracker Jack. It didn't matter. I usually liked it. Uh, magnifying glass was my favorite because you could burn ants with them. Oh, I just wanted the tattoos in there.
5: I was Oh, always the dis- tattoos? I was always
2: disappointed, you know, if I didn't get a tattoo. I'm really disappointed in I what they my, put in there now.
0: I got all the tattoos from the Cracker Jacks right
2: <laughs> yeah. Is that where you get those from?
0: Yes. That's a lot of yes. cracker
2: jacks, man. How do you Actually keep your just
0: one
5: meth hadn't needed money? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Are I, you are you done getting
2: tattoos? Or are you like you're like no.
5: oh, I'm gonna get some more?
2: You you're you're into getting more tattoos?
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm always up for getting more tattoos. I'll probably get this space filled because it looks a little naked. Um I got I definitely gotta get this part filled filled. Um, because it's just, but I mean, it's just. I will go through spurts like, okay, I, I'm feeling like I need ink therapy, so I'll go through two months where I'm just tattoo, 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 and then I'll go a year or two and be like, okay, I'm good, but then I need ink. So now, even talking about it, now I need ink.
2: Yeah, see, it does become kind of addicting. But here's my thing: is I would love to get more ink, but then I start to think about the whole process, and it's like, okay, uh, two fifty to five hundred bucks. I'm gonna sit in a chair, have this guy drag needles over my arms, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, okay with that. yeah, I I don't know. I just find a better way to spend that money.
0: Dude, I'm living through the Biden presidency. I can really take a, t- a session or two in a <laughs> tattoo chair. Bro. I mean, it's
5: it's therapy for you, huh? Uh,
0: it's not therapy. It's just uh, I feel like it's unfinished, and my so my OCD is kicking in, and I'm okay. like. It's unfinished. I have um, I'm here. I got to get this done, and it's just
2: well. That's that's a painful part. That's a spongy, painful yes, part. Uh, yes, right under I, your right under your arm, heading up to your armpit. I um, yeah. uh, with some of the last tattoos, and and some these are actually some of my favorite tattoos. You've never seen them, Patrick. Uh, they're right right there on my chest. But um, my guy, I was. When you get a tattoo on your chest, you have a lot of nerve endings in here, and they go to different parts of your body. So he could be tattooing up here on your chest, but you'll feel it down here in your side in your love handles or something like that. And um, so I'm laying back in the chair, and he's doing his thing on these tattoos, and I am doing my best not to move. Doing my best not to move, but like I said, it becomes a little painful up there. And, um, but on my left side, he would, uh, lean over and he'd start tattooing me and man, it felt like I was getting these electric shocks in the side of my torso. I mean, like bad. And I was, I started jumping and finally he got upset. He, he went, dude, I cannot do this. If you're going to keep jumping. And I went, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to jump, but every time you start, you know, working that area, I'm getting a really bad shock in the side. And he looked down at his gun, and the plastic covering the connections had come off of the connections. So he literally was shocking me as he leaned Uh. over. He went, oh, sorry, man. Yeah, my son has. Well, you
0: can't do this if your equipment's faulty.
2: Yeah. My son
5: has a really good tattoo of a baseball with flames and stuff. Yeah, that's it's a pretty like, good one. Yeah. And he announced last night, he goes, hey, if you're thinking about getting something for my birthday, just give me some money because I'm going to get another tattoo. And I thought he was basically a one and done. This was going to be it. Mm-hmm. And uh, surprised. You know, my youngest one has got like probably 10 tattoos. None of them like really, really big. Um, but he's got like 10 tattoos. Um, I thought Dave, my oldest one would be like
2: one and done. I'm, I'm done. So Patrick, do you have any ink that you, I don't, I don't, I don't like using the word regret because yeah, I
0: regret this one. Do you? I, re- I regret this, uh, tribal thing that I got straight out of boot camp when I was in the Marine Corps. Why? That is, that is, uh, because it is just it, a, it's straight garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just garbage. It's a garbage tattoo. It's not big enough. Well, I mean, it's a, and it's a trendy, t- it was a, like like yeah. right when tribal tattoos were all the rage. I've never <laughs> been a, yeah, I've never been a trendy guy. And then all of a sudden I get out of boot camp and for the Marine Corps, I'm like, I'm going to get a tribal tattoo. <laughs> and then this is what I wind up with. Well, you because know, the, because the dude that I got it from was over, he was literally high on um, oxycodone. He's <laughs> <with his> tattooing <laughs> my flesh. And when I told when I told him that I was a marine and it was my first tattoo, and he's like, "Well, it might hurt a little. I'm a big bad marine, and so I can handle it." And so he went deeper and harder, and he scarred me. I, I've literally oh. you can feel the so just to prove a point. So
2: it's like Braille, huh? Yeah, kinda.
0: yeah. A blind so, person can read it.
2: Uh, this is my first tattoo right here, and I know it's difficult to see right there. Um. You can see it's a big black blob. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. So it was a tribal tattoo with a uh, lizard in the middle of it. And uh, the guy didn't make it big enough. So over time, it just bled together and turned into this black spot on my arm. Um, the next guy I got, he told me he tried to fix it, but, you know, it on fixing anyways uh he did the rest of my arm around it but big enough tribal but big enough it's all freehand too um that it doesn't bleed so it still looks pretty much the way it does when i got it this side um my wife wanted me to get her name tattooed and i have a rule about that for not just for myself but for anybody else which is the only the only names you should ever have tattooed on you are blood relations. Blood relations. Got my daughter's name. Got, she's the only name I got on me is my daughter. There you go. So, um, I uh, I didn't want to do anybody's name. Uh she was bugging me. I had a friend who was uh, who's from Tokyo and They're clearly wrote in
0: hieroglyphics because that's what it looks like egyptian pyramid
2: yeah so uh well this was during the you remember the whole uh trend of getting a chinese tattoo oh this one's fire and this one's water and this one yeah oh you've got one of those two yeah there you go um <laughs> talking about being trendy what's yeah, that and then, what's that yeah. one what is that it's one? It's
0: supposed to mean strings, but I think it means small wang. And Jackie.
2: <laughs> well, uh, so I said to my uh, Japanese friend, I'm like, hey, could you do these names for me? And she said, sure. And I had to trust her. Um, so, like, mm, it's really hard to show. Okay. So that is uh, my name in Japanese. Well, that's my name in Japanese. That's David. Um, whoops. There, it's so hard to get it into the camera. That is my uh, son's name. There's Shane. And uh, there's my wife's name, Nancy. And that was the worst tattoo to get, which is why it would be my wife's name. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I think you and I should both go to China and then just walk around and show our tattoos and have them read it and then get laughed at. Because you <laughs> know that's not what they mean.
2: Well, you know, that's what freaked me out was the first time anybody ever read it to me. um, I was at Amoeba Records down in San Francisco, and I went up and I leaned on the counter, and um, they read the the top of my arm, and the girl goes Shane. Just out of the blue, she went Shane, and I went, "How would you know that? That's my son's name. How would you know that?" And she goes, "What's well, written on your arm?" <laughs> I said, "Well, what Wait, does why that you say?" Got a biscuit <laughs> tattooed on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, You know, every one of my tattoos that I have, except the ones on my chest, um, I don't regret getting, but I look at them and go, oh, he would totally have done that different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Are you the same way, or is that just me?
0: No, I don't think I would have done it different, except for, like I said, the first one here. This one, I would have done different, but,
2: I mean, the rest of them,
0: no, I mean, they're all kind of significant, and so...
2: Yeah, here's my word of advice for anybody who wants to get a tattoo. Don't go small because you're going to age. And so is that tattoo. The bigger you go, the longer the tattoo lasts. The smaller you go, the more it turns into a blob. That's my biggest advice. That. Yeah, that's yep. my my biggest yep. advice. Um, hey, we lost somebody uh, this week. And I'm gonna I'm gonna flip over on my uh, on my computer here so I can read this story from Rolling Stone um, Gary Rosington a founding member of Leonard Skinner, who's uh, slide guitar helped make the southern rock bands song freebird an incredible anthem died Sunday at the age of 71 and um, you know I don't want to read this whole story but uh, Rosington was Uh, leonard skinner's last surviving original member a stoic figure who preferred to let his guitar do the talking and who cheated death more than once he survived a brutal car accident in 76 in which he drove his ford torino into a tree uh inspiring the band's cautionary song that smell a year later he emerged from the infamous 77 plane crash that killed singer ronnie van sant guitarist steve gaines and backing vocalist cassie gaines with uh, two broken arms, a broken leg, and a punctured stomach and liver, Gary Rosington he he um, he went through a lot, man. And um, he passed this week at seventy-one. And I I, I just felt like uh, should pay tribute. That's all. Anybody have anything to add? You're a Southern boy, Patrick. Got anything to?
0: I was having my
2: moment of silence. Oh, 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 you were observing a moment, moment of silence for uh, Gary. Yes. Okay. Gary, you look no, like, I, well, I was, I know we you're were, not a big we, fan of, of Skinner.
5: Well, I was looking forward to seeing them, you know, uh, before I scheduled this trip I have. And so I will be out of town when they come through, uh, Sacramento, but I was looking forward to seeing them and ZZ top and, uh, you know, I, I imagine they will play a bunch of songs and then at the end they'll start that
2: little uh, riff
5: and everybody will go crazy in the crowd.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, um, that's <laughs> I I read that they plan on still continuing with the tour and everything like that because if you're familiar with uh, Leonard Skinner at all, uh, you realize that uh, there weren't many members left anyways. Right, um, so basically, it's like a tribute band at this point. Yeah, kind of, but I I've seen them a few times. They're uh, they're fantastic. At least it's not and, like some bands. And uh, when you uh, when you wrap up the show with this, I mean, this is a great way to end a show. What were you saying, Aaron?
5: Well, it's, just like, it's not like some bands who. Uh, you know, there's three uh, Commodore groups out there. You know, they got each one member from from the Commodores, and they're they're playing as the Commodores in three different bands. There's only when you see Linda Skinner, it's it's you know the guys that joined the band while the the originals were alive.
2: Yeah, well, you know the it's an interesting story because they all agreed it was a like a signed contract um, early on that you know it was the three guys, the three main guys or the five main guys or whoever it was. The original band had to be the original band in order for them to tour and make music. Otherwise it couldn't be Leonard Skinner. They could be other things, but they couldn't be Leonard Skinner.
5: Well, the next time you see Motley Crue, are you going to feel like a little different because no John John five is in the band instead of, uh, Mick, uh, Mick Morris.
2: No, I'm going to come back to that though. But, but the, uh, um, the thing was that they didn't feel it could be Leonard Skinner without those original members. So they all agreed that you know if anything ever happened, they couldn't continue on as Leonard Skinner. Now, at some point in the eighties, um, through some legal wrangling, and I think also some families that would have uh, uh, enjoyed some of the benefits of the band being back together, uh, they got back together. And but this is the last surviving member of the original ma- band, and uh, I he was very influential. Now going to the John Five Mick Mars thing, Mick Mars. That's a unique situation because we all know that Mick Mars um, is in pain when he hits the stage. He's got a yeah. degenerative <laughs> disease. It wasn't like they kicked Mick out or anything like that. It was just Mick's time, and. They are all the fans love Mick and the fact that uh, John five is an amazing guitar player and that he's friends with Nikki six. And you know, he's just a, uh, I've met John five uh, once or twice, and he's just a solid guy. Just an, a nice guy. Uh
0: I changed my name to Patrick three.
2: There you go. And uh, um, he's just a good fit and he's accepted. You know, he's accepted by the fans. He wasn't forced on the fans like when they kicked Vince out of the band and uh, brought John Karabi in. Right. That was a forced situation.
0: Yeah, nobody was accepting that.
2: Yeah, and it's too bad because that (laughs) album was a great album way ahead of its time, and had they called it anything but Motley Crue, I think it would have been successful. Right. So... It's interesting.
5: Yeah, we have, you know, like in our big festival we have here, uh, Guns N' Roses is playing The Last Night. And someone asked me, I wondered, it, are all the original guys going to no. be playing? And I, I, I said, the only ones I care about are Axl Rose
2: and, and Slash. And as long as they're on stage, it's Guns N' Roses. Well, it's Axl, Slash, and Duff that are in Guns N' Roses now. Yeah. Um, I honestly I would love to see Matt Sorum up on stage playing drums. Uh I think a, a great show would be Matt Sorum on drums on the the songs that he recorded drums for and Steven Adler on drums for the songs that he recorded drums for. I know Steven would love to do it. Um my my friend Vic, who's since passed, he uh he was in good with a lot of those guys, like Gilby Clark and and, uh, and some of the uh, other unknown members of Guns N' Roses. And they all felt a little slighted that they were not invited to tour with the band. So, um, it is what it is, man.
0: Yep, this is a fickle industry, man.
2: It, it really is, but uh, I, I want to go see Guns N' Roses again. They put on a great show the last time I saw him.
0: I just don't want to see Dagon throw Mama from the train run around on stage getting all winded. <laughs>
2: well, he doesn't run now.
0: <laughs> that that was- mama mama, mama <clears> telly <throat> up there. Shut up, there.
6: I think I
2: saw... <laughs> I think it was 2016 when I saw them. And... Um, it was a great show and I turned to my son Shane and I said, you know, I really, I'm happy you got to see him. But at the same time, I'm kind of disappointed. You didn't get to see Axel running around and assaulting the audience.
0: In his prime. Yeah. It is prime. Yeah.
2: Because that's what made a guns and roses show. You didn't know what you were going to get with Axel. Well,
5: when I, when I saw Metallica, one guy said he went to the, the festival. He was there. He's like, you know, that was an okay Metallica show. And I was like, that was outstanding. You know, I think, you know, people, you know, want to remember, you know, I saw Metallica when they were at their greatest. Yeah.
2: But I I thought they were still phenomenal. Well, you know, night. I mean, that's the conversation we had about um uh newsboys. I thought newsboys was the original band. I thought they'd put on a great show like they had been doing it for thirty years and come to find out that n- no, none of those guys were original. Um and who knows? Maybe they did better shows in their prime. But um, you know, as long as you put on a good show, what's the difference?
0: Yeah. Well, there's there's the whole nostalgia factor. There's that whole. Um, I mean, you would know as well as I do, as a fan. You 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 form some kind of bond between uh, members of a band, regardless of whether you know them or or but you listen to their music and they get you through some stuff so i mean if you're listening to this one particular musician that you connect with and then all of a sudden you go to this show and it's like they've replaced him you're like whoa i mean
2: whoa. yeah well you know i did see sammy hagar last week and uh he's got michael anthony playing with him so it's half of the van hagar band um of the show was Van Hagar tunes. And, uh, man, it brought back a lot of memories for me. I mean, I remember going to see him on the two different times I went to see the shows. Um, All the memories of who I went with and what we were doing and just everything. I mean, it was very nostalgic for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's uh, that's how it ties in.
2: Yeah. All right, so Gary Gary Rosington, Leonard Skinner, 71, he's uh, he's since passed. Um, let's wrap it up here. Patrick, thanks for coming on the show with us today.
0: I'm back.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Aaron, thanks for uh, being on the show. Yes,
5: and as we close this, uh, please like, follow. Um, subscribe. Subscribe to give us that uh, five-star review. Salt. Uh, we've been growing um, lately, and uh, we want to continue that. So please, uh, we just celebrated two thousand streams of the show, which is which is great. So please tell a friend, uh, subscribe, um, help us with those al- uh, algorithms, or is that how you say Algorithms, that? Al- yeah, yeah. Help us with that algorithms and uh, and, uh, and help promote the show
2: and go check out uh, the Jericho Harlot and follow uh, them and subscribe oh, yes. and and all of that good stuff go get crazy at 10 45 in the morning uh uh, uh <laughs> kcf kcf yeah. yeah so all right and uh happy trails happy trails jesus is a friend of mine
3: jesus is my friend Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. No, Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a he taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise His name. Yeah. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend.